When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello. Welcome, everyone. It is Pillar to Post, Fightful's Around the Horn style game show here on Fightful Overbooked. I'm your host, Jeremy Lambert. Everyone's here just to pop me, appease me, stroke my ego today. And unfortunately, we had a change in plans because reigning defending Pillar to Post champion Alex McCarthy is a little bitch. But we do not we do not take titles away from people. We we subscribe to the Tony Khan mindset of we're not going to have people relinquish titles. We expect Alex McCarthy to be back at some point. And in the meantime, we will crown an interim pillar to post champion setting up a big showdown between McCarthy, whoever wins today and two other guests that I decide to corral to be on this gimmick that we run here. Joining us today for the first time ever, making her pillar to post debut. You saw her on the spotlight last week with Steven Jensen and I. She does uh, independent interviews, independent hosting, demo reels from, from uh, Camp Leapfrog. Sorry, it escaped my mind. Camp Leapfrog, various independent companies. Samira, Samira, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. You, we were talking off the air. You're out here. You're in the great outdoors. You, you look very relaxed, very chill. I, I love your vibe that you have going on. As other people on this show are complaining about the heat, you are outside actually taking in the heat. I love the heat. I am a summer baby for a reason because I love the heat. And plus, I'm on my lunch break. I'm chilling. Like I got my own like little smoothie. I'm like having a good time, and I'm here to like win this thing let's go what, what are you doing joining us dorks talking about wrestling when you're on your lunch break and could be doing anything else in the world besides talking listen, about us, but... listen i love talking about wrestling i'm ready for this you're you're one of of four that love talking about wrestling <laughs> also here joining us a man who was complaining about the heat i'm gonna sell him out right now but in a very stylish shirt that looks like he's ready for the heat you know from late night grin you know from wrestle Pierce. Joseph Holbert. Joseph, how are you, pal? I'm good, mate. Representing Samoa Joe, the lineal Ring of Honor World's Television Champion. Um, as always, of course. I would like to say, you know, I, I don't want to get off on a positive here. I'm excited to be here, but I am a little bit mad about this title situation. I think you know how I operate, Jeremy. I wanted the real thing. I wanted the belt that, you know, funk, flair, you know, you know, those you know, race, race, Holbert. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah all the all the top guys there, Aldis, Murdoch, you know, you know the ones talking about. <laughs> Uh, Jack Stain. I wanted that belt and get it from that piece of shit, Alex McCarthy, but he's ducking me again. So we'll have to make do with the interim. You know what I mean? But hey, look, if interim's good enough for John Moxley, I guess I can live with it for a little bit. But I'm fired up. I'll have a beer. 
McCarthy comes to me two hours before the show. He was already complaining yesterday of like, I'm on yeah. vacation. It's like, you're contractually obligated to defend this thing. And then two hours before the show, he's like, oh, something came up. I got to do this. I was like, McCarthy, what are we doing? Why are you being a bitch about this stuff? I'm like, fine, we'll do an interim title, but I'm docking his pay. He's, he's getting that dock. I'm going to even take away the real thing so we can't carry that around and act like he's the real champion, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll recognize him yeah. as the real champion. Yeah. For now good cool I'm sorry. i like it sorry. <laughs> replacing alex mccarthy i appreciate this man stepping up on late notice and in breaking news he's going to be co-hosting the spotlight with me on thursday at 9 30 p.m eastern on fightful because steven jensen has been called into to jury duty this week from comic book <laughs> connor casey is here connor casey how are you what's going on man i am here happily to fill in for the paper champion that is Alex McCarthy. Yeah. And I will be playing the role of John Moxley as I give a paradigm shift to this to this proud show and its its championship lineage. Alex McCarthy won the title once and decided he's not gonna defend. He is a paper champion. Because if you pop the Jensen having jury duty, this wow. <laughs> sounds like a movie to me, you know. <laughs> Jensen yeah. shuffling in there and being like, hey, guys, you want to talk about Nitro? You know, Did you imagine Steven <laughs> Jensen being uh, being up there, being questioned by lawyers of, you know, what are your thoughts yeah. on this case? How do you just... Oh, That's exactly man. what I was imagining. I was imagining, like, <laughs> 12 Angry Men remade with Steven Jensen as the lead. Uh, was, he's got his sunglasses on. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's just going to roads, and it's just going to be over. It's like, we, we, he's not impartial. We got to throw him out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Good cool. Also here, he's, he's returning all the time. Just loves getting abused on this show. I promise you he's not going to win. He knows he's not going to win, but he keeps returning to the show. From True Heel Heat, Believe Pro Wrestling, FMC here on this channel, uh, Wrestle Talk, a million other things that I'm sure I'm forgetting. SP3 is here. How you doing, SP3? All this slander being said about my good brother, my brother from a UK mother, Alex McCarthy, you know, it's not his fault that he had to pay all the hush money, but I am here to be the real interim. I People talking about interim champions. No, the real interim is interim CEO and chairwoman Stephanie McMahon. I created Pillar to Post, so I will win the interim CEO and chairwoman of Pillar to Post today. No. You already know you're losing. You know you're losing. I appreciate your, your confidence, but you already know you lost, SV3. We know how this works, all right? I get I've just been so offered much. the... Sorry, I've just been offered the Valerie Nachushkin contract, which is for $6.1 a year, so I'm about to quit this show and go enjoy my riches. There you go. Ron Rossap just breaking news to me here on the air that I'm getting another pay bump. That's nice. All right, everyone. So if you've never joined us before, if you don't know how this works, it's similar to Around the Horn. We have various topics. We have various uh, things to talk about, various segments. After the second segment, I eliminate people. To the third segment, I eliminate one person. It ends in a showdown. Uh, I give points based on how I'm feeling and the points they are making and how much they pop me. And I take points away if I just feel they're talking too much, like SB3, and I mute them because I have power to do these things, which is always nice. We're going to start with uh, a very touching top, top touching, uh, very touchy topic in the world of wrestling. Vince McMahon is uh, being investigated for paying more hush money, for having more alleged fares, for 
coercing women to do things to get pay raises and pushes in the world of wrestling. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has done two separate reports on Vince McMahon regarding everything. He's already stepped back from being the CEO. He's still appearing on television. According to Sean Ross Sapp, on his television appearance after the first report came out, he was backstage and he just said, fuck him. Uh, so Vince McMahon's taking all this very seriously. In one year's time, one calendar year, July 12th, 2023, where is Vince McMahon in the world of wrestling? Connor Casey. So this is a this is a rough one to start on. Um, it, it's, it's all it's, uphill from here. It really is, but it, it's so frustrating when between the Wall Street Journal reports of the four accusations that are out there, the reader chattered in situation that recently was resurfaced, and the tanning salon accusations. You know how you now have six active accusations towards McMahon that range from sexual harassment at the workplace to coercion for uh, certain sexual favors to outright rape. Unfortunately, I think that within a year, he is still trying to grab onto power somehow within the company. I, I looked at the interview that Chris Jericho did that you guys wrote up over the weekend on the True Jordy podcast. That was clearly done before the second report came out. And the opinion Chris had, I felt like, was the stance that WWE was going to take, was that if it was just that one paralegal situation with the $3 million hush payment, then they were just going to say, oh, it was consensual, it's unfortunate, and in other situations, in any other company, most likely, there would actually be consequences. But they were going to brush it off as, no, it was consensual, so it's just bad, it's not necessarily illegal. And he was going to step back into his role. I think that in a year, he will not still be, he will not be CEO. He will not be chairman because honestly, I don't think he cares much about those positions. He's already made his millions. WWE already has all the money he could possibly want. And he barely interacts on those, those big uh, investor calls every quarter. Now that's mostly run by Khan. And as we assume, it'll be also Stephanie going forward. Steph could keep the role right now and Vince won't give a damn. He'll just want to keep his role on creative. The only way anything changes is if the pocketbooks for WWE actually get affected. If NBC, not I'm not counting on Fox. I'm more betting on NBC Universal saying something, and they go, "Hey, we don't like being affiliated with you guys." Uh, other investors need to actually step in and say, "Hey, we don't want to be involved with this company anymore." And if that actually happens, and the coffers of WWE are actually affected, then Nick Khan, Steph can pull him aside and say, look, you are hurting the bottom line of this company. The best thing you can do is step aside. Knowing Vince, he's going to give the same response he just did and say, fuck him. So we're still stuck with him being at every show, cut, you know, booking every episode of Raw and SmackDown, but with Steph still holding the position. I wish it were any other outcome. And I, my hope is that some people do actually step up and say, hey, we need you out of this position. But for now, I'm still not counting on it for as, for as bad as some of these accusations are. Joseph, where do you see Vince a year from now? Well, I think that's certainly, you know, conventional wisdom. Wrestling history would suggest that everyone's going to look the other way and he'll continue to be Vince, you know, for better, almost certainly worse. But I just get this feeling, and Jeremy, you know how inaccurate my feelings usually are, but I just get this sense it's time to go. I think he's done here. 
I don't think this is the end of this story by any means. I actually think I'm pretty confident there's going to be a lot more to come in terms of Vince's conduct. I don't think any of us will be surprised when those those stories come because we, you know, I think none of us were surprised by the original ones. Um, I get the sense, for whatever reason, maybe it's just purely misplaced instinct, that this is going to do the things that Connor touched on in regards to, you know, making TV partners feel a certain way or maybe it'll affect the stock a certain way. Whatever it may be, I think this may accelerate the sale that I think a lot of people internally have been looking to secure that he maybe has been reluctant to. I would go as far as saying maybe that's why these stories are becoming public the way they are anyway, to be quite frank. Um, there's a lot going on here, you know. There's a lot of kind of uh, inner, inner turmoil, inner conflict. So I think you're going to get more stories. I think from a wrestling perspective, that means that in a year, Vince is going to be doing God only knows what, hopefully sitting on a beach far, far away from professional wrestling. Um now, to have some fun with it, Jeremy, before I sign off here, that does mean uh, that you can enjoy, and we can all enjoy, Jeff Jarrett pro, you know, Productions running Monday Night Raw every Monday night from, from Memphis. So, lots to look forward to. Uh, SmackDown, of course, will be New York via Heyman. So, we can, we can get excited for those things. But to answer your question, I think he's gone, Jeremy. I just think he's gone. Samira, where do you see Vince a year from now? Oh, geez. Um, well, like, as everybody's talking, like, if people start keep pulling back like stocks and stuff like it was reported that supposedly netflix is like done with this documentary that's going on like is this gonna have more people follow suit like to pull out and like is that gonna change something to be like hey we probably should keep them off of tv because i know personally i was like confused once these allegations were coming out why was he still on tv like are people not like upset about it how are people feeling about this like exactly i know you know social media kind of have has like some of them have mixed emotions and like you know personally so like i don't know and again like i agree like i think you know maybe we're not done with these allegations sadly like if there's more coming out slowly like how much more can possibly come out like for how long um i don't know i think in a year i feel like stephanie will still be around as like the top person i think vince is still gonna try to be a part of this company in any way that he can because he he's this was his life in a sense but it's just like like what you did like really like come on like you gotta take accountability here like what's going on because if there's like more than one allegation like what's going on here so i think stephanie still will be in power but i don't know i feel like he's just still gonna try to get in with the company because that was like you know his life sp3 year from now where's vince mcmahon Right backstage of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown because you can't stop the unstoppable, break the unbreakable, cancel the uncancelable. Vince McMahon can't be canceled. He just can't be. He is the Teflon Don for a reason. I am sorry. I've said this the last time I was on this show. I will say it again. It doesn't matter what comes out. He is viewed as the person that brought wrestling from the doldrums to the stockholders, to the people that are really putting the money in wwe there's already been a report today that stockholders and people like that shareholders they said that the district man allegations has no bearing on them they will continue to support the wwe so i think a year from now he's going to be back where he was but that's going to be after a leave of absence i think that stephanie mcmahon will be the undisputed unquestionable ceo and chairwoman of wwe and i think vince is going to take an administrative leave for a few months at least and from that you're gonna just have bruce pritchard as the head of creative 
and oh, I hate to tell everybody, Stephanie McMahon as the CEO and chairwoman, and and Bruce Pritchard as the head of creative is just Vince McMahon with puppet strings controlling both of those. He's still going to be in control. So regardless of if he is backstage, like I think he's gonna be, or he's not, like some some of the other panelists have said, he's still going to be in control. At the end of the day, Vince will be in charge of WWE. For unfortunate, you know, I, I take these allegations seriously, but it is what it is. You can't stop Vince. Joseph mentioned the, the sale. Go ahead, Connor. SB3, I, I got I, I got to say this, um, and this is not a, a shot at you, uh, but the, the phrase. No, take you, a shot at him. Who gives a shit? The, the phrase you used was canceling him. This isn't whatever they want to deem as cancel culture. This is not, oh, he said a bad thing a few years ago, so let's get mad at him on Twitter. This isn't that. This is what's called consequences. I know people like to confuse those two terms, but one is when you actually have consequences for your actions, such as crimes, such as rape, such as sexual coercion, which is illegal. That's not getting canceled. That's, hey, this isn't okay, whether it's the law of your company or the law of the land. If you get called out for doing it, that's not someone trying to cancel you. That's someone saying, hey, this isn't okay. So when people go on Twitter and say, oh, they're trying to cancel Vince, kindly go to hell. He's cooking. He's cooking. SP3, I'd let you respond, but I think you're six feet deep right now. So I don't know like, if you really can respond to that. Hey, you could call it what you want. Consequence, cancel. You ain't stopping Vince. That's that was my point. I just not, used all the you're, phrases you're, that you're, they would use. All the comparing it to something that's cancel, like a political stop, this is consequence. A it doesn't matter. He's not being stopped. He's not going to jail for this. I don't think it's going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Vince McMahon will still be here. And I will be here regardless of how many dirt you put on my head saying the same thing in a year from now when Vince is still backstage at WWE and Raw and SmackDown. It is what it is. You can call it whatever you want. I'm not saying that it's cancel culture. I said I take these these uh, allegations very seriously. And it is very serious to the fact that, you know, we have all this coming out. It's like a it's like a rainstorm of stuff that's coming out on Vince. But Vince McMahon has shown that he is Teflon. Nothing will affect him and nothing will take WWE from him. All right. We can't listen to a dead man talk anymore. We did that at the WWE Hall of Fame. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, Joseph mentioned that the sale and we've heard the rumors of the sale ever since Nick Khan started releasing all these people and they're slashing slashing the bottom line and all of this kind of stuff. Is there a chance that we do get the sale within the next year? Samira? Wait, I'm sorry. What did you say? Do you think WWE sells within the next year? Oh, oh I, don't, I don't think they would Or Vince sell McMahon them. sells WWE, sorry. Oh, I don't, I don't think Vince McMahon would ever sell WWE. Like, I mean, he has his daughter there, his son-in-law. Like, there's so many people that he already knows that he could probably trust to keep in power for him. Like I can't, I couldn't imagine him ever selling WWE. There's just no way like who would, I don't think he would let it go. Cause there was so much history there with his family running it. Like, I don't know. That's just, that's mind blowing to me if he would actually do something like that, because then that's it. What it, What is going to be WWE? Like then who who's going to, like who's gonna buy it, Tony Khan? Then what's gonna happen? Like you know, you know what I mean. So that he'd take over whole, whole 
thing of WWE, I mean, wrestling together. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going to get and give that up. That was his life. Like I was saying before, that's everything to him. There's no way he would, I feel like he'd give that up. It's going to go to somebody he knows and he trusts and he's going to keep it going. I think the key ingredient when it comes to a buyer is the, the broadcast rights. You know, because there's definitely, if you look across the landscape, WWE is a property that a network could buy and then no longer have to pay a billion dollars to get five years off. They would own it in-house. And if you look at the timelines, I've been pretty confident the sale is going to be coming soon. I would say in the next year. This story, to me, accelerates forcing his hand, which I think, again, maybe it's purpose. Um, I think there's a very good chance you see, a, you know, a, an NBC Universal bring that product in-house. Look how far in bed they're already old than with Peacock, right? Like, that's a thing already. They've committed a lot. Um, I think that's the most likely suitor. I will say, too... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In regards to Stephanie, and I think there's more potential conflict to play there than people may realize. You know, family is not a cut and dry thing. I certainly think there's a chance that there's some people that Vince has employed for years that Stephanie could, would very much enjoy saying goodbye to. Um, so I think you can watch for that sooner than later, frankly. So I think it's a developing story, but I think you're going to see some changes. I really do. And maybe that's, you know, naivety on my part. But that's what I believe. Well, camera cut to Connor Casey. What do you think about a sale? I think it is definitely on the table, but a couple of things are are holding it up right now. One is that uh, if uh, one thing that a multi-billion dollar does is that it makes a lot of noise and a lot of business insiders are not saying right now that, oh, you know, Apple, ESPN, NBC Universal, they're they're Disney, they're throwing big offers right now. That that's not what we're hearing. We're hearing the speculation. Sure. But no one is saying outright that deals are on the table right now for them to consider. Second of all, is that at some point, if you are a major company that has to buy WWE, somebody has to put a big old arm around Vince McMahon, which no matter how you want to spin how the uh, investors might feel, that's a really hard PR spin to make. If it's, hey, the guy that's getting accused of a bunch of terrible things right now, we're partnering with them. It's why you don't see people like to affiliate themselves with guys like Daniel Snyder over at the Washington Commanders. Um, I think it does happen. I think... 
I think the next round of television deals will actually happen first. And I think that however, whatever money is sent out, whether it's by NBC Universal, Fox or a surprise third party like Apple is your big indicator for who steps up and says, we're going to buy the whole thing. SB3, where are you at on the sale now that you're back to life? Am I? Um, <laughs> as far as the sale, I think that it's going to be similar to the UFC sale, that there's going to be some type of you know WWE involvement in it. They kept on Dana White to kind of be the face of UFC when they did that sale. I think someone like a Triple H, Stephanie, will be in like control of creative or the WWE day-to-day operations, even if there is a sale. I could see somebody like a Disney coming in or, you know, it's going to be a major company either one they're affiliated with right now like nbc universal or fox or it's going to be someone outside that's huge and big time like disney coming in but at the end of the day i think that that mcmahon family is still going to be in control in some type of way we're going to move on to a less less touchy topic. like chris uh jordan grace tweeted over at no uh actually here's our next topic everybody four people we got four people, all right? MJF, Wardlow, Ricky Starks, and Jungle Boy. Take your pick. You're building AEW around one of these men for the next two years. This is your guy for the next two years. You're building the company around. Who are you taking? Joseph, you seem you seem like Bro, a no-brainer. This is a lock. Daylight second. Ricky Starks is the leader of this pack by a distance for me. Um, that's the thing, that's the, the guy in that group. I think he's the guy on that roster, to be quite frank with you. Um, MJF's great. I think he's a lot more one note. I see a top guy heel run in front of Ricky Starks, and then I'm ready to turn him babyface. And listen, people can make their jokes about him dressing like The Rock, but there's a real charisma there. And I, the best thing about Ricky is, I don't think they've even scratched the surface in terms of their own usage of him. He could be doing way more, both on the stick and in the ring. Um, I love that his style is he has a strangely kind of throwback vibe to it alongside how cool and modern he is. He's the, he's the guy, man. I truly believe if you get him in front of the right people, he can be whatever a crossover star is in 2022. I really believe that. Um, I think he's remarkable. And honestly, I'm frustrated by how little they've got out of him thus far. So Ricky Starks is my guy. I trust him in ring. I trust him on that microphone. Babyface, heel, years ahead of him. But he's also experienced like 10 years in at this point. Ricky Starks is is generational, brother. That's what Ricky Starks is. So absolute Ricky Starks, my pick, easily. Samira, of those four, who are you building around if you're Tony Khan and AEW? I mean, all four of those men, really, really great. But I'm going to pick MJF here. I mean... MJF is like ever since like he came to AEW like he's always been like doing something and he's big and the crowd like it really gets involved with him whether he's heel or he's face like whatever it might be obviously it's mostly heel but like he's a good talker and like how he dresses and how he acts around people even when he's not like supposed to be in character if you meet a fans he's still like that like he's just I don't know how he acts and how he wrestles. I mean, like, look at, like, some of the matches he's had, like Wardlow, CM Punk at the dog collar match. That was that was amazing. Like, I don't know. I feel he is a top guy. and He's really good. I'm not really sure what's exactly going on with him in AEW right now. We, I know we've all seen reports and rumors and things like that. But I believe that, you know, if I were Tony Khan, I would be wanting to push this guy. Like, he has a lot of heat. 
he gets a lot of crowd reaction. He's very good at what he does and like what he does as a character, everything. So, you know, if I was Tony Khan, I'm gonna push him. SP3, who are you taking of those four to build around? Uh, I feel like Joe stole a lot of my thunder, but it's got to be Ricky Starks. I mean, Ricky Starks just has the charisma to him. He's like a firecracker. You just light him up and he just goes forward. You saw it on that promo that he did on Dynamite last week where Powerhouse Hobbs, you had the call for the man because he was he was breaking character right in front of the camera because Ricky Starks just got going and he couldn't even control himself with that. Ricky Starks is going to be the man for AEW because of two things. He is under the control of the great liberator of African-American talent, Antoine Khan. And two, he comes from a long lineage of one of the greatest civil rights move, uh, you know, icons in wrestling history, Cody Devontae Rhodes. Cody Devontae Rhodes opened the door for Ricky Starks to walk in, and Ricky Starks will be the man. He will take the torch of being the great liberator of African-American talent that Cody Devontae Rhodes was, Ricky Starks, for president and AEW world champion. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> I, I love the Cody bit, but um. So looking at the four, a bit. I I love. So don't get me wrong, I love MJF. I feel like no matter how much money you try to throw at him right now, he wants to play the field because he wants that to be an aspect of his character. He wants the conversation to be about that bidding war. And it's really hard to to take your company and invest in somebody for the next two years when you know at some point during those next two years, he is going to deliberately start up a bidding war. So that's why I hold off on him, even though he has all the talent in the world. Um, no thanks on Jungle Boy. Uh, Ricky Starks, I, I, I know, Joe, He's he is great. I just don't think he's there yet. I think you, you need a few more years with him. The guy needs... A beard for one thing he needs he needs to get show some age wait he still looks so freaking young uh ricky love his name's jungle boy jungle man and, yes. and, well that that transformation needs to te- needs to occur uh ricky starks love him guys a total package but i gotta go with Wardlow. how many people can you honestly say that a, a new wrestling company takes a guy and then for three straight years makes no missteps with you know, you, you look at the history of professional wrestling and a, and a big guy with a powerhouse moveset and, and, and a, a natural cool factor that has made entire careers. Batista got you six world championships and two main event wrestle main events of WrestleMania out of just that. Guys like Razor Ramon and Kevin Nash were able to overcome certain deficiencies with sheer charisma and size and an impressive few handful of moves. And if you look at where they're at right now with him, with this TNT championship, he's kind of primed to take over. He's primed to become one of the outright pillars of the company, not just the four pillars of the originals or whatever they want to call the next wave of talent. Like legitimately one of the top guys right now. You're TNT champion. You've got a field of guys like Orange Cassidy, who we got tomorrow, Miro, Malachi Black, the Lucha Bros, Andrade, Roosh. You can get a strong seven to nine month title reign out of just that. And then you have him turn his attention to the world title scene. Or MJF's back by that point, and you play into that card. Because for as much as this is MJF versus Tony Khan, Tony's not getting in the ring. But Wardlow can, and there's a story there. There's a story there with him and CM Punk. There's a story with him and basically the rest of the elite. The guy has so much, the guy has so much ahead of him and so much potential that we've already seen 
that if I'm going to strap the rocket to everybody, to anybody and say, in the next two years, you're the guy, that's my pick. Is anybody placing Jungle Boy above fourth? Does everybody have Jungle Boy fourth? No, I don't. Um, I think with considering, you know, Jungle Boy's family, I think that makes him a very compelling pick from a crossover point of view. Um, I actually think, and you'd have to be very careful with it because it's personal lives and God forbid things go wrong, but I think if you market the the pairing of Anajay and Jungle Boy correctly, like, I think that could be like big time box office. Um, I, it's a reality the MJ, show. The MJF thing's got a lot of different moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. And I think, you know, we have to see him evolve, but he needs to be on the TV show to do that. I don't know what the deal is, but it's alarming. I think it's fair to say, right? This early in his career, and he's what, like three years into you know, TV, this is a big deal. So he's to me, is kind of a question mark. I just think the big factor here is that key, question marks. And even Wardlow, I agree with everything Connor said, but I think this reign has got a lot of uncertainty to it that's ahead of him. Because I don't know what these matches look like when you go 12 minutes of Orange Cassidy. I think they will be good, right? But there's a certain mystery to it. The same way there is with MJF as a babyface or five years down the line. The same way there is, um, you know, with whoever else. Ricky, to me, is he's absolute, right? That's the key. But no, Jungle Boy's not full for me personally. I don't know. Anybody else? Who do you have fourth, SB3? Uh, it would be Warlow, honestly. I like mm-hmm. Warlow, but I think Jungle Boy, like like Joe said, he has a lot of potential as this heel. Like the same type of heel energy that you get from Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, you can get from the, uh, the only the uh, shining star Anna J and Hollywood Jack Perry. You can get that, and they can be a heel act that can be in the main event scene, in my opinion. And Jungle Boy, he has that type of sympathy as a babyface that he can go either or with it. I feel like Warlow's going to hit his peak as a babyface. I think as the monster heel in an AEW setting, he might get the kind of go away heat. So I think I would put Jungle Boy just slightly ahead of Warlow, but that's just right now off of based off what I've seen. But yeah, I got, I got, I would go Ricky Starks one, MJF two, three Jungle Boy and four Warlow. Samira, who do you have for I think Jungle Boy is my fourth because, like I said, MJF's one. I believe Wardlow is definitely two, Ricky Starks is three, and I I don't know. I just think Jungle Boy is fourth. Not that I don't think they're all good or, like, not that I don't think Jungle Boy is good, but, like, I don't know. Like, you know, that you guys were saying before about Wardlow, I think that's so completely true. Like, he has the talent. He has the, you know, like, that it factor to be, like, a big champion and I, I really like them Cloud, a crowd is behind him and he's been just he's been on fire Ricky Starks again like what you guys said really good I, I like him he could uh, you know if he keeps on going I think he could be a top star as well Jungle Boy you know he's getting there I just like I've I've really liked him and like Luchasaurus type thing like they had a good thing going and now like you know we're gonna see how well he kind of can do on his own here and like I don't know but I think you know he's in my fourth place after the first round, Connor has 15 and a body. Joseph has 13. SP3 has 12. And Samira has 11. Second round, buy or sell, or push or bury in this case. I don't know if you guys watched this program called NXT on Tuesday nights on USA Network. Tonight, Roxanne Perez challenges for the NXT Women's Championship. 
She won the NXT Women's Tag Team title. She won the breakout tournament. Are you pushing or burying just going full bore with Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy, and putting the NXT Women's Championship on her tonight, SB3? If anybody knows about being buried, it's me. So I'm going buried with this topic. Roxanne Perez, you got plenty of time with her. Mandy Rhodes is the fourth longest NXT Women's Champion in the history of the title. The reign of terror. People talk about Triple H in 2002 through 2005. The new reign of terror is Mandy Rhodes on top. You got to get those, those male 18 to 34 demo. And Toxic Attraction is it. You heard the crowd last week when when uh when roxanne and cora j no one heard the crowd because no one watches the show sp3 samira push or bury roxanne perez oh, as, as much the as nxt I... women's champion tonight i'm penalized for watching the show that's ridiculous <laughs> that's ridiculous this man connor up here lying he said batista made a minute two wrestlemanias he made a minute one he did. But you didn't. You didn't. No, you made it one. WrestleMania twenty-one. Twenty-one and thirty. 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 Boom. That count? Damn. Yeah. SB three is just off the Damn. show now. He crossed him over too. Did you see that? <laughs> Damn. Oh my god! Look at the mean face Connor was making too. He, he was crossed that was him a dunk. Oh, oh man. Oh SB three. I don't know how you come back from that. I got to take even more points from you. Oh, you're you're down to ten. I wasn't now, winning buddy. anyway. I wasn't winning anyway. We're down to 10. <laughs> <laughs> Samira, do you have push or Perry Roxanne Perez winning tonight? Oh, man. As much as I want to say for Roxanne Perez to get a push here, I think that they're going to bury her. I mean, I don't know. Like, she's just starting up in NXT. Are they going to give it to her right away? And plus, like, you know, her and Cora Jade are, like, doing a thing right now. So I don't know if they would, like, put, you know, two belts on her. Maybe they will. You know, I don't think, you know – it's the time yet. I feel like maybe later down the line, she'll become a champion, but I don't think it's right now for her to be the top champion. I don't know who will knock Mandy Rose off right now, but I just can't see it being Roxanne at the moment as much as I want her to because she did great on the independent scene. We all saw the youngest um, Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Like, she has potential, but I think right now they have a thing going on with her and Cora Jade, and I think they're going to let that run for a little bit before they actually give her, you know, the big title. Joseph, I know NXT is near and dear to your heart. Push or burying them going with Roxanne Perez tonight. Um, push, push, push all the way. Roxanne Perez, you talk about generational. Some of the greatest fundamentals in the women's division full stop, let alone for someone of that age and experience level. It's honestly outrageous how great she is. A very, very special talent. And more so, we need to have a conversation about this Mandy Rose situation. What are we achieving here? Who is the, what's going on? What's this for? What is the end game? Are we going to get to SummerSlam weekend, WrestleMania weekend next year, and Mandy's going to come up to the main roster, talk to the attraction, and go back to being a mid-card act? What are we achieving? I don't know, but I can tell you this much for sure. A title reign for Roxanne, the one that she didn't get to have in Ring of Honor because that promotion, unfortunately, was killed by Bob O'Neill when she became the champion. You know, she didn't get a chance to really explore being the ace. She can be that here. There's a ready-made story of Cora, which I think could be money, honestly, within that kind of bubble. Um, you give her the belt and you let her grow as the kind of champion that works baby faces and heel and brings everyone up in doing so. She's that good at this age. She is special. And the idea of giving her both belts is a quick way of solidifying. She's up next. She's going to be made of WrestleMania's one day if you play your cards correctly. So big time push. Roxanne Perez is special. That's my take. Connor Casey, push or bear? 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna bury the idea, Joe. To answer your question of what are we doing with Mandy Rose, if you watch the advertisements for NXT 2.0 on Raw, you know exactly what they're doing, and it's sex appeal. You watch every advertisement for what's happening on NXT each week, and it's look how sexy Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction are. It's a little gross. Um, as for Roxanne, uh, I, I think it's a little too much too early, and that's why I'm going to go with Bear, with Barry. She's already got the tag titles. Um, she's absolutely thousand percent going to be champion eventually. Um, bit of bit of background here on this one. I had the chance to actually talk with Booker T, her trainer, a couple of days after. Oh, who gives a shit about talking to Booker T, Connor Casey? <laughs> This is a point go ahead. This is a point that people aren't going to hate. That's why I bring him up. Because trust me, normally I get it with Booker. There's a reason we stopped talking about some of his comments. When I asked him about her specifically, because it was right after Ring of Honor had folded, I said, Have you talked to her? Is she gonna be fine? He's like, She is going to be just fine. And the proof has already re- revealed itself that way. Now she could be champion in the next six months. But we talk about Mandy Rose and say, oh, she's the fourth longest reigning champion. Yeah, but it's only been two, like almost 260 days. Like you look at some of the absolute long yeah. title reigns with this title. You're talking about Asuka and Shayna Baszler. That's an obscene amount of time. Mandy's not going to get anywhere close to that, but I could easily see her keeping this till Halloween. Pusher Berry, her next topic here, Logan Paul. Logan Paul main eventing WrestleMania. There are two nights of this event now for the foreseeable future. Logan Paul main eventing WrestleMania during however long this contract with WWE is. Samira, what do you think? Oh, Malcolm. Muscle Man Malcolm's going to kill me for this one if he's listening. But I am going to bury this idea. Okay, listen. I... I don't know. I cannot see them doing like a whole thing. Maybe until they build him up. If he's like on a lot to be a main event of WrestleMania, I just can't see that right now. I understand because he's a celebrity and they're like, oh, they'll get more viewers. But I feel like are like, you know, people that are non-wrestling fans going to wait that long until he comes on as well? I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I think he's good in the ring. I think he, you know, he, you know, proved himself with the Miz at WrestleMania. I think that was good. And, you know, that's awesome. He wants to come and be a part of it. And let's see what he does. But I just don't think this upcoming WrestleMania will be the part where he main events. Like, I, I don't know. I don't see it just right now. I think we need to see a little bit of more time. But I understand, like I said, the celebrity aspect, like to be in the top part of everything. But I don't know. I'm burying this idea. I don't think it's just going to happen right now. Connor Casey, Logan Paul, does he join Batista as a, a future WrestleMania main eventer? Uh, this this one is a hard very unlike Dave Batista, who accomplished it twice. He will not be joining the hallowed halls of WrestleMania main eventers. I think this is a bit of a miscalculation on WWE's part. Um, the idea that look, the, the rumor being that Logan wants to position himself as a good guy, uh, it, it's not going to work. His persona is that he is obnoxious, whether it's YouTube, boxing, or whatever have you. The dude's just obnox- the dude's just obnoxious to be around. He's a jackass. So why would anybody want to see that in a WrestleMania main event? Yeah, he had an okay match in April in a tag match that involved Rey Mysterio, who's going to make anybody look good. Honestly, I don't think he was the best of the celebrities who wrestled. I thought Pat McAfee did a better job. And at least Johnny Knoxville was funny. 
I don't. I, I think he'll be at WrestleMania. Sure. Is he going to be in a main event? No. Ha- absolutely not. Joseph Logan Paul WrestleMania main eventer. I'm burying WrestleMania main eventer, but I will say I actually think it's a hell of a signing for them. Um, I think he's the kind of celebrity they should be going for rather than people that you know old fucks like me care about. Um, so I think it's a hell of an acquisition. I think he has a certain natural aptitude for it. But WrestleMania event, there's two big issues with that. Um, number one, there's a way to feature celebrities without actively turning off your core. Main event in WrestleMania is not that way. The bigger factor to me is, and it's something that we always forget with these stories, are we really buying that he's going to be around that often? I mean, the dude's doing this, that, and the next thing. He has 101 podcasts. He's doing boxing matches with Floyd Mayweather. I'll believe it when I see it in terms of him being a regular on big shows. It would be much more likely to me that he makes one WrestleMania appearance, you know, one more, I should say, than a plethora of them. And he would need a plethora to be the main event of WrestleMania. So those two factors mean it's a berry for the main event. But I will say, I think it's an interesting move, and I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But no to the main event part. Con- or SB3, WrestleMania main event. Can he do it once like Batista? He will do it more times than Batista. I'm going push Logan Paul. If anyone knows about WrestleMania main events, it's me. I'm going Logan Paul (laughs) to main event WrestleMania because the only other celebrity to do it was Lawrence Taylor. You think WWE? WWE ain't great liberators of African-Americans like Tony Antoine Khan. They want to have another celebrity in the main event spot. Logan Paul will main event a WrestleMania. I guarantee it. It's going to be Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny versus Pat McAfee in the main event of WrestleMania 42. You heard it here first. Logan Paul is not going to work as a babyface. I do agree on that point. But once he gets into that heel role, he's going to be undeniable. Like, Roman Reigns is supposed to be the top heel. He gets cheered every place he goes. Logan Paul gets genuine heat. And if you want that true heel heat in the main event of WrestleMania, Logan Paul is the best. Uh, our final topic on Pusher Barry. Kazuchika Okada, the G1 is coming up. You pushing or burying Okada winning the G1 once again, Joseph? Sure, man. I mean, he just lost the belt, and that usually means he's going to win the G1, right? I mean, in fear of being dismissive, I look forward to the G1. It's a wonderful event in the wrestling calendar, but you ain't fooling me when it comes to the Rainmaker in, in a big spot like this. Look, at the end of the day, he just lost to Jay White, and I think it's fair to say, stunningly, like, shot, you know, uh, in fact, fashion. Jay White took almost all of that match and pinned him clean in the middle of his finish. That's the kind of booking you give your ace when you're about to give him another G1. So, I honestly, I don't want to say it's a lock, but it kind of feels like a lock. The 50th year for New Japan, this four-block format that's definitely something we needed. Um, Okada feels like the likely winner. And look, here's the deal. Is that particularly exciting to me, not really, but to the audience that is locked in on the New Japan product, everyone's cool. That is Okada, one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. So no one will have an issue with it, and some will be very fired up for it. I think Okada is honestly kind of a lock to, to go back and take the G1. So that's my, that's where I'm at. SB3, push your Barry, Okada winning the G1. 
Barry, I'm going with Tensio Naito. Naito needs to main event another Tokyo Dome. Kenta ruined the last time that he main evented Tokyo Dome, and he was supposed to have his moment at the end. And I feel like Naito's booking kind of leans to that happening. I think, you know, Okada, of course, is going to be a contender to win, but Naito's in the best block in the G1 this year. He's going to be versing Zack Sabre Jr. on the finals. That's a that's the appropriate type of, like, block final to have of the G1. I can see him winning there, going on to versus Jay White. He has a lot of history with Jay White. Jay White's about 3-1 and one against them. So that should be your main event of, of Wrestle Kingdom this year. Okada, he's going to be great, and it doesn't matter what ma- type of match you put Okada in. It's going to be one of the biggest matches at Wrestle Kingdom. I personally want to see Okada versus CM Punk at Wrestle Kingdom, so he doesn't need to be in the main event to do that. Naito to win the G1. Samara Push or Barry Okada winning the G1? Oh, I'm going to have to bury Okada on this one. I, not that he's not good or anything, but I don't know. I just don't see him winning the G1 this year. I think he'll go very far, but not win it. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of other people on the card that we could see win this G1. It's a very good lineup. I'm really excited for it. And, you know, like everybody was saying, like, you know, he did lose already to Jay White already on Forbidden Door and all this stuff. Like, I don't know. It's, I think, like I said, he'll go far, but he's, He's not winning the G1. Connor Casey. So when you look at the blocks, I think uh, Okada could go as far as the finals, but I'm going to bury the idea that he wins the whole thing. He's got a pretty easy route winning block A. Uh, White has the easiest route by far of winning block B when you look at that field. Block C is interesting. I wish they would elevate someone like Kenta into into that spot to where he's he's floating around the main event because the guy's just sitting there being great but not really being given that world championship opportunity uh and block d it's either osprey or takagi my guess is this okada wins block a white wins block b okada beats white to advance to the finals but then loses to the finalists my guess is osprey uh the the thing about the g1 now is it's actually kind of been minimized a little bit because thanks to the multi-night wrestle kingdom format you can have someone in the main event challenging for the title, but not necessarily win the G1. And if you had Okada pin white, that immediately gives him a future title shot. So he gets night one and the actual G1 winner gets night two. And then you still have the big, oh, it's the 50th anniversary. Okada is the face of the franchise. He's still in that spot, but you're actually elevating someone else who's never won the G1 before. Meanwhile, Okada's won it multiple times. At the end of Push or Barry, I don't know how this happened. Connor Casey was in the lead with 23. Joseph has 21. SB3 has 16. Samira, I'm sorry. You're the low person with 15. If you would like to say anything, plug anything, get anything out there, the floor is yours. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. This was actually really, really fun. And I'm glad I got to, you know, talk with you all and like just, you know, talk wrestling. But you guys can find me, you know, here on the screen at the It's Samira. You can click the link in either the Twitter or Instagram bio. lead you to all my links for YouTube and stuff. And just get ready for some interviews. And I'm traveling out. I'll see you guys in Nashville if any of you guys are going. But it was great talking with everybody. And I'm happy you guys had me on. Thanks, Samira. We appreciate it. Samira was on the spotlight last week. Everybody can watch that interview. That'll be on up, up on Overbooked uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, we are down to three. And we have a new segment debuting for this episode it is called book it sounds pretty simple right i'm going to give you something give you a give you a match give you a storyline whatever and you book the finish 
And I'm going to start with Joseph on this one because I imagine he has notes upon notes upon notes for this. Joseph, book Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho, the finish to the barbed wire death match. It ain't over yet, Jeremy. We both know it ain't over yet. Chris Jericho ain't going to drop himself in the middle of a pay-per-view cycle without a program. This ain't the end. So here's what we're going to do, Jeremy Lambert. We're going to put the Jericho Appreciation Society in that shark cage, okay? And one of them, maybe Matt Menard, I think he'd make the most of this, quite frankly, is going to have something in his pocket. Just something. Something minimal, you know, but enough. Maybe you go back to that rubbing alcohol gimmick that they kind of blew in Blood and Guts, and you do the classic shark cage gimmick where you drop it down, Jericho definitely would catch it and not fumble it, and then they'd cut away. Um, he uses the weapon. Eddie gets what he wanted in making Jericho bleed, but suddenly the score is one each. So then you would do something outrageous like a last man standing, or better yet, what you could do is, frankly, you could leave the blood, leave Eddie still even more desperate, and you could close with a first blood match. Call me foolish, Jeremy Lambert, but I just don't buy that this program ends next Wednesday, though it probably should. I know how Chris Jericho works. Remember the MJF feud, Jeremy? They did a TV match before the blow-off. This is the TV match, blow-off's all out. So you're going to have shenanigans. Jericho's going to leave this one the winner, whether he bleeds or not. Connor Casey, book the finish to Jericho and Kingston next week. So, Joe, you make the good point that Jericho uh, feuds tend to go on just a little bit too long. But keep in mind that between the singles pay-per-view match they've already had, Anarchy in the Arena... War, uh, blood and guts, and now this, we're up to four already. So I, I think it is time to close the book on this thing. Here's my idea. So they got the guys in the shark cage. And the problem is Sammy Guevara is fucking crazy, and he, he likes to do this thing before he does some sort of disastrous stunt. So somehow his skinny little frame is going to sneak its way out of those bars, and he is going to try and dive onto Eddie Kingston, but it's going to backfire. And he's accidentally going to land directly on his mentor. He's going to land on Chris Jericho. They're both going to be down. Eddie's going to be shocked. They're both going to be covered in blood because it's a death match. But then he's going to get that pumping submission hold he's got in and finally force Jericho to tap after the inadvertent Guevara interference. And we get we get Eddie's justification. We get his um, he, he wants satisfaction. And this is how you get that. He's not satisfied with the war, with the blood and guts when he needed to hear Chris surrender. And this is how you do it. it it's not going to be enough to just make him bleed or even pin him. That He's got to make him tap out. So that's that's how this ends. SP3, book the finish to this match. It's kind of a little combination of both. I do see the gimmick coming out of the shark cage, but it is to create Jericho a new story. And the story is going to be Jericho in the middle of his two sons. And Daniel Garcia is going to have Floyd the Bat wrapped up in barbed wire. He's going to throw it down. It's supposed to get to Jericho, but Kingston is going to catch it instead. He's going to use that on Jericho to bust him open. And then he's going to use the barbed wire Floyd the Bat in the in the stretch plot to make Jericho tap out and then that creates the whole story of Daniel Garcia letting his papa Jericho down and it puts him in the middle and you got Sammy Guevara on the other side the, the lovable son the son that Jericho really does love that he brought into his new group when he didn't really have to when Sammy was in the TNT uh, title division ruining that title they brought him over to the Jericho Appreciation Society for a reason so the reason is to create 
the Daniel Garcia story where he goes from the sports entertainer to what he really is, what his natural position is, is a professional wrestler. And I think it's going to lead to Daniel Garcia versus Sammy Guevara. You could do Garcia versus Jericho. There's so many different ways that you can go with it, but we're going to create the story of Jericho in between his two sons. Charlotte Flair is going to return at some point. SP3, book her return. You're muted. I didn't even mute immacul- you. I didn't even immaculate- mute you. The Immaculate Conception of the Queen. The Queen is returning. It's going to be a great day, and it's all going to lead to the demise of Liv Morgan's SmackDown title reign. Uh, I think that Charlotte Flair is going to come back uh, at a pay-per-view. You're, you're gonna do, they're probably going to do Ronda versus Liv at SummerSlam, but Ronda's going to get injured uh, right before the match, and we don't know who took her out. So we it's, a, it's basically the same scenario that happened last year with Sasha Banks and Bianca. We think it's going to happen all the way through. Liv Morgan makes her entrance and then we cut to the back. Ronda Rousey has been laid out and out comes the Queen Charlotte Flair and Charlotte Flair is going to defeat Liv Morgan in 13 seconds because that's how WWE makes their baby faces. They're going to start the climb for Liv Morgan where she can have a classic match with with, uh, Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 39. It's going to be Charlotte defeating Liv in 13 seconds at SummerSlam this year. Joseph Book, Charlotte Flair, the Queen's return. I want to paint a picture for you guys, all right? So I want you to imagine the illustrious BT Sports Studio, okay? Alex McCarthy is in the front row. Oh, no. SP3 has gone to his first NXT UK taping. You can hear, if you're just quiet enough, you can hear Nigel McGuinness screaming over the top of the very few fans in attendance. Um, and then it starts playing, man. The theme, you know, the theme. Uh, Tyler Bates in the middle of the ring. He looks at the stage. Charlotte Flair's Titantron is looking as, you know, glamorous as ever. Boom, chop block from behind, natural selection. She holds up the NXT UK World's title. Um, I think that's what it's called, but the NXT UK title. She holds it up. Um, the next morning, I walk out, you know, to get some breakfast maybe, and the newspapers are filled with Charlotte Flair discussion because we talk about NXT UK so much over here in Britain. Um, I'd imagine the viewership would be, for the match itself, probably 12, 13 million on that one, BBC One. Um, that's the only exciting thing you can do with Charlotte Flair, man. You send her to England and you let me do podcast bits about because ain't no one needs to see her on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. We even did NXT and she killed everyone down there. It's over. Let it go. Dynamite or NXT UK. I don't want to see it anywhere else. Connor, book Charlotte Flair's return. So I am going to book it in a way where, unlike so many times before, someone actually comes out of this program looking strong that isn't named Charlotte Flair. So Rhonda, I think we all assume, is going to turn here at some point. Pardon me as my dog tries to knock over the table that is holding my... So we all assume that Rhonda is going to turn at some point and she is going to try and murk poor young Liv Morgan. But Morgan is going to somehow survive their SummerSlam encounter and leave with the SmackDown Women's Championship. She shows up on SmackDown that following week. And before she has a chance to really soak in the victory, the Queen's music plays. And out comes Charlotte Flair. And she talks about being the opportunity. And she talks about all her title reigns. And we got to sit through what feels like a sense of inevitability as Charlotte gets the next shot at Liv. But Liv manages to survive again. 
And then Rhonda comes back in and says, hey, jerks, I want this damn thing back and I'm a prick now. So it's Liv going up against two monstrous, heavily decorated heels in a triple threat. And she finds a way to win that match, too. You can eventually get the title back on either Rousey or Charlotte. But give Liv an actual chance to pick up some legitimate wins so that when they do finally drop the title offer, she seems like a legitimate contender again. I take you back to one year ago when Nikki at ASH won Money in the Bank, cashed in a night later, and a month after that, she was beaten, and then we never heard sight or sound of her around the women's championship again she is a complete afterthought one year later i don't want the same thing to happen to another wrestler so i'm going to push this idea for live and i think she can do it oh i mean she could but they're not gonna let her do it nikki's wearing all black now that was cool last night she's wearing do you know she's owen 15 in 2022 nikki heard live i can buy both Nikki. <laughs> Nikki is, i believe Alexa has pinned her like 50 times she came back to tv but you know I'm sure Alexa shook her hand last night pinned her and then just like shook her hand adhered to the code that, of yeah. honor yeah, yeah. uh connor casey start with you book the end of josh alexander's impact title reign oh my god um so i don't know if you guys saw but jonathan gresham is now a heel and he is an ult, he is a villain, but he is still kind of floating around with different companies. So he's not going to be satisfied with just being the Ring of Honor world champion. He is going to look at other companies and say, I want your gold too. He's not going to start with AEW. Tony's not going to put him over that hard in his other company. He's going to send him to other promotions. He's going to send him to Impact Wrestling. And he's going to take one look at Josh Alexander and say, oh, you think you're the wrestling machine? You're the Iron Man of professional wrestling? Well, I'm the octopus. And I can make you tap 50 different ways. And we are going to see an excellent match eh, around September, October. And Gresham is going to force Alexander to submit winning the Impact World Championship. SP3, book the end of Josh Alexander's title reign. So right now you got Speedball Mike Bailey as the X Division champion, and he's got his open challenge, and he's going to go through the murderous role of all the former X Division champions. He's going to beat Alex Shelley for the title. He's going to beat Trey Miguel again. They had a banger at against all out. They're going to have another one. Ace Austin, uh, Chris Sabin. He's basically going to get the same amount of defenses that Josh Alexander got before him, and he's going to uh, invoke option C against Josh. Josh Alexander and Speedball Mike Bailey in a 60-minute Iron Man match. The the end all be all impact wrestling matchup. They're all wrestling classic. And Speedball Mike Bailey is going to defeat Josh Alexander for the Impact World Championship because Speedball Mike Bailey is the best thing about Impact Wrestling. He's one of the best things about professional wrestling, and I want to see Speedball do it. They're going to do it at a pay-per-view in Canada, so two Canadian legends going at it. in my Now in my top 10, both of them have made my top 10, Josh Alexander and Speedball Mike Bailey, and it, they're going to tear it up in Canada. Joseph. Look, Josh Alexander's demise and impact. Um, I think SP3 is on the right track, but he's picked the wrong the wrong lane, so to speak. Um, the beauty of Josh Alexander as champ is much like Bret Hart once upon a time. He's the world champion who can bring those workhorse mid-card guys up into the main event because he could have matches with them. 
Um, that's the beauty of him. And certainly the idea of him wrestling Speedball in Canada is great. I don't think Speedball is the guy you put the world title on on that particular product. Impact is a lot more um, traditional, is the word I'm going to use, it's a polite word I'm going to use, uh, with their TV than people may realize. And Josh cuts a lot of promos. Young Speedball can do many a thing. I don't know if he needs to be in there with a live microphone anytime soon. So I'm going to stick in the X division, but the guy that I'm looking at, and Jeremy's heard me say this for about two years now, it's time to go Chris Bay, okay? I've been waiting. I'm waiting a long time. And I'm not saying he's the best promo in the world, but he's got a lot of personality. He's super charismatic. Him and Josh is a match that I think we all agree could deliver in the ring. But it's a certain um, excitement to moving with him as the world champion. The product just hasn't had. Josh is a great pick and has been a great champion already and will continue to be. But Chris Bay is the kind of guy that Impact fans can actually point to and say, we can put our top guy against anyone. He's got the charisma and he's got the the, um, the personality, I think, to hold up in that regard. So I'm going with Chris Bay, um, but I think it does need to be an X-Division pick of some kind. I think it just has to be at this point. At the end we of the round. Realistic. I thought we were going realistic. Chris Bay, Lou. SP3, you're done. Yeah, agreed. At the, end, at the end of the round, <laughs> Joseph is in the lead with 33. Connor has 32. SP3. I'm sorry, buddy. I was actually kind of pulling for you, but then you got murdered live on air multiple times. Uh, so do you want to like say anything, plug anything? Once again, Jeremy Dan Lambert is going against the black guy. I said it before. I'll say it again. Yes, I'm using that card again. But this is ridiculous. I'm saying he he at least maybe made another round because the other person was done with their lunch break. So at least there was that. But but <laughs> I can't make it to the final round at the very least. This is not this is not a bit anymore. This is discrimination. Hashtag justice for SP3. You can file a complaint with the same lawyer I filed a complaint with over our challenge draft and see how it goes for you. We move on to the showdown, the finale here. The scores are erased. It is one-on-one, mano-a-mano. We have two topics, potentially three if we're tied after two. Our first topic, Joseph's going to love this one. Do you think Austin Theory is going to lose that briefcase, Joseph? No, I don't. I wish we could all lose the briefcase. I wish we could move on from briefcases in professional wrestling. It peaked with Mongo. But nonetheless... Here's the deal when it comes to theory. You can try and convince yourself over and over again. You can look at his 8x10. You can watch a highlight reel. It ain't happening, okay? But, unfortunately, it ain't our choice. He ain't losing that briefcase, and I've got a step further. He's going to cash in on one of the top two guys in the whole industry at SummerSlam. I really believe that's where we're going, because I don't think either guy is committing to TV regularly. So, unfortunately, not only is he not losing the briefcase, we all need to get ready for a world in which he's anchoring Raw as the world's champion because, unfortunately, they are committed to a pick that I think all of us resent for a range of reasons. But I just think they're committed to it, man. They've got this far. When he lost to Bobby, I thought there was a chance of some hope. He won the briefcase the same night. So he ain't losing the briefcase. He's probably about to cash it in sooner than later, unfortunately. Connor Casey, do you think Austin Theory or Theory is going to lose that briefcase? Well, he's not losing the briefcase, but he will fail in his cash-in attempt. I think, you know, we keep hearing about the comparisons to John Cena. And when you look at the the rep, they think that he's their next John Cena. That's their idea. So if they're going to go with that roadmap, what they're going to have to do is at some point, they're going to have to turn him face. 
and he's going to have to have some big failures as a heel. And what's a bigger failure than, oh, I'm going to walk up to a semi-conscious Roman Reigns right now, cash in, and he's immediately going to lock me in his guillotine, and I'm going to have to tap out and then go work mid-card for another five months before we try something else with him again. I, I don't think they're actually going to push him as world champion because I think they recognize that at least right now, that's not feasible. It's raw may be directionless, but having theory as your world champion who has to anchor, not one, but both shows. No way. No way. They, they are keeping Roman with the title until they legitimately have somebody that they know can at least anchor one of the shows. He's not the answer. And he's certainly not the answer to anchor both. Actually, I really like your argument, but Joseph had the Mongo pop. I'm I'm going to go with Connor because I actually think you might be right on theory not getting the cash in there. Connor, you mentioned Jonathan Gresham earlier as a heel. This is a turn that happened on Rampage. He's aligned with Tully Blanchard on a scale of one to ten. How excited are you for the upcoming Jonathan Gresham Brian Cage showdown when these two men split from Tully Blanchard Enterprises when they battle over Tully Blanchard's affection, Connor Casey? Oh man, it's it's a three, honestly. And the funny thing is, is that Gresham is actually better as a heel. He was a heel leading up through the pure championship thing. He was a heel with the foundation in the dying days of the last regime of Ring of Honor. That stuff was actually working. I would I wouldn't place a lot of the blame of what went wrong in Ring of Honor in those last couple of years. None of that's on him. But a, a split where he and Cage are going up against uh, the gates of agony or whatever they're calling themselves. And, you know, it, Tully Blanchard being in the center of it all. Yeah, no, that, that, that doesn't work for me, honestly. I, I think we're, we're looking at Gresham as a heel going up against a lot of the ring of honor originals that people are naturally going to want to cheer for your Claudio's Danielson. I, I have a hunch punk is going to make some sort of appearance in that company. They have so many ex ring of honor guys that they're going to bring in as potential challengers. And then they get the title off of him to somebody like a Moriarty, like a legitimately next star that can carry that company. Joseph scale of one to 10, Brian cage, Jonathan Gresham. Well, it's a seven, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> sometimes in this life, we overcorrect. We overcorrected on Brian cage. Tell me, and this is me being sincere here, when did Brian Cage miss inside those ropes in an AEW ring? Do you remember the match he had with Darby Allen? Do you remember the pay-per-view opener he had with Hangman Page at Double or Nothing last year? He's limited as a promo and a personality. He's bland, dare I say. But Ring of Honor is the home of professional wrestlers who pop me in every which way but in their personality. And I'm telling you guys, I'm getting ahead of it now. We are going to correct our overcorrection. Brian Cage is not a top guy, but in the right role with the right wrestler, he can have great professional wrestling matches. He's even been doing it since he's exiled from AEW. And let me tell you something. I don't need to tell you guys this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Jonathan Gresham is a great professional wrestler. So do I think they can have a great match where Gresh works his arm over and Cage is power, you know, lift him up in the sky? I do. I don't think it's the big match for Ring of Honor, but inside those ropes, I think it has like a four-star floor. And I'm not even doing a bit when I say it. Cage is good. He just don't need to be on TV every week doing promos with Taz, you know? He was around cooler guys. In Ring of Honor, there's a home for him. I think that match is going to be very, very good, genuinely. I'm going to give that one to Joseph because I agree. I do think they are going to have a good match, even if I have limited interest in the buildup. Final topic here. Kevin Durant 
is on the trade block. Joseph, give me an offer for Kevin Durant. Where do you think he goes? What do you think the offer is? Talk to me about KD. Okay, so there's a range of ways I could go here and try to score points. Um, what makes KD so interesting is there's not really one that makes perfect sense, right? It's fair to say. Because the, the Nets don't have their picks, so it's like they want to compete. They want to be a real team. So I suggest to you saying that I think is unlikely, but I think is interesting. Two guys who have broke your heart in the past, we're going to switch them. Let's do Paul George. Let's leave the Nets with some competitive pieces. Ben Simmons and Paul George, while they were maybe not the most sort of uh, tough team when it came to the playoffs, would be a hell of a defensive team. The Clippers get the natural upgrade of they take their all-star wing pair and make it something spectacular. KD's in LA playing opposite LeBron, and there's all the drama you can get from that. It's a blockbuster trade that I think, while unlikely, is kind of feasible. Paul George allows the Nets to be competitive, and the Clippers become an even more locked-on you know, contender. Maybe a short window, but they've already got Kawhi and George. It isn't like they're looking long-term anyway, right? They've been all in on winning. So I'm looking at putting Kawhi and KD together. Uh, in LA. That's my, that's my take. Connor. I mean, talk to me about Ke Kevin Durant. Where is he going? So there, there are some compelling arguments. I, I've heard possibly him going back to Oklahoma city in a kind of a reunion, similar to what LeBron James did with Cleveland. Uh -huh. I've heard compelling arguments that he could go to the New Orleans, to New Orleans Pelicans, given that they have a lot of draft capital and you could trade away a few pieces and still have it be him, Zion and CJ McCollum. But honestly, you know what I'm going to say, Jeremy Lambert? Fuck Kevin Durant. Fuck Kevin there Durant. There we go. Connor Casey. Him stay Connor. On <laughs> Connor Casey. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> Connor, you're the victor just based on that. Finally. <laughs> Vindication. <laughs> that was a good answer, man. I didn't think of that. I thought I was like, OKC comeback won't work. I was like, if I go Philly, is that funny enough that Jeremy will reward it? But that's fair. That was, you, you deserve that, Connor. Good job, bro. Thank you, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph let everyone know where they can find you at. LateNightGrin.com has everything covered. We have so much going on. I'll do an announcement here, actually. Makes sense to hear. Next week, the final episode, right? Season one of the 31 for O'Neill. Connor was a guest on that. SP3 was a guest on that before he was killed here on tonight's program. Um, next week, the finale, Jeremy Lambert is on, on the 31. And it's a hell of a time, right? So, um, LateNightGrin.com is all you need. It will show you everything from free posts to paywall. Just $1 gets you everything behind the paywall. So uh, much going on. Thanks for having me. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, congratulations, Connor. Congratulations. Thank you, Joseph. I'm, I'm going to post this uh, super chat here. JJ says, always lovely to see my two favorite distraction big stars. Sharing the screen again, McCarthy fears Holbert. McCarthy fears everybody, but especially a Brit who's actually good at this. You said that I didn't. He's very, very important. <laughs> I'm cool with you, Alex. Slide in my DMs anytime, bro. It's all good. <laughs> uh, thank you, Joseph. Thank you to SV3. Thank you to Samira. Connor, the floor is yours. Well, let me just say I'm seeing in the comments now they're referring to me as the John Moxley of Pillar to Post, a title I will proudly hold. And to you, Alex McCarthy, I say this that little interim. Note that is on my reign right now. It will not be there for long. It's you and me, buddy. And I'm taking that gold. Connor, we appreciate it. Again, Connor is going to be on. Bring Joseph back on if you just want to banter about for the final couple minutes here. Connor's going to be on the spotlight co-hosting with me. 
this Thursday as Steven Jensen has uh, jury duty. We'll cover a bunch of stuff about wrestling. We should probably figure all that stuff out. Connor, Joseph, it's good to see you again. Good to talk. Good to be here, man. I mean, this is old stomping grounds for me, this channel, right? So, you know, it was. Yeah. I will say it was wild. I landed on one of the, you know, 5% of shows that don't feature Joel Pearl. That was a pretty good win on my part. <laughs> uh, I assumed he'd be here, but he's not. Unless he shows up now. I don't know. Maybe he's backstage. But, no, pleasure. I don't know what Joel Pearl does on this channel anymore, honestly. So, Wow. That's not real heat. I'm going to move on. Um, honestly, <laughs> no, it's, it's always great. Like, we, you know, we see it in the chat and we see it in our mentions and stuff. Like, distraction forever, brother, right? It's, it yeah. is what it is. It's like shit happens, move, pieces move and stuff, um, trade requests and such like that. We're all very used to it in the sports bubble. But I uh, I have a blast doing shows you always. Connor is – how many times, Jeremy, would we put over Connor just privately a pop ourselves? He's one of the nicest guys in the whole space, and he's good at what he does. Them two things, you know, never. Yeah, <laughs> he's he literally, literally killed a man I, on this I, show. I, I, kill, I killed a man because I had to stand my ground. But, uh, Joe, Jeremy, I will say this honestly. Distraction was one of my favorite weekly shows going there for a while. I miss, I miss seeing you two guys interacting. Uh, so it's a, it's an honor to be a part of this. Uh, Joe, you're doing some great stuff with Late Night Grin. It's all, it's all been very fun to watch, especially YouTube and Twitter. And uh, Jeremy, the the spotlight was is a fantastic idea. You've been you've been giving coverage to people that deserve it, that are hardworking, that maybe aren't as well known, uh, and you're doing a great service there. So thank you both. And I mean, with that in mind, it's worth saying, and I've I've said this all along. The best thing that came with the distraction ending is Jensen getting the spotlight show because if anyone deserves a spotlight, since I think we all co-sign this, Jensen is golden, right? So I loved him you know, filling my shoes in a different way, obviously. It's a different show. It's a better show. It talks about wrestling. But, um, yeah, Jensen's golden. So everyone watch the, you know, the spotlight. It's, it's a great, great time. Everyone go to latenightgrin.com. Sign up for $1. If you don't like it, O'Neill will give you your dollar yes. back. I'm going to cash in on that uh, very <laughs> soon here. Uh, Joseph, thank you. Connor Casey, thank you. Thanks to SB3. Thanks to Samira for doing the show. Guys, we'll be back in two weeks with a new pillar to post. I'm going to try to get it on a, a bi-weekly schedule, as I talked about before. So I'm going to really try to hunker down on that. A new thing coming. Uh, actually, you know, I'll save that because oh no, next week is when the 31's airing. Oh, that's yeah. where I, th- I gave just the scoop. It. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing a new series. Um, I'll, I'll talk more about it, but I actually like made a trailer and shit for it that I'm going to post. Wow. Uh, this week. Yeah. I'm going all out on like production and stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, yeah. but doing shit. Uh, thank you guys. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody in the chat who showed up. Bye guys. Bye everyone. Later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.